Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Rise and shine, people, and soak in the moment. That's right. We are almost 10 weeks into the NFL season. The football season is flying by at the speed of light. One day you're going to wake up and say, oh, man, we got to listen to Chelsea talk about Belmont basketball (laughs) in the month of February. And man, do I miss football season. In the next hour, we'll be covering the NFL in all ways, shapes, and forms as we do uh, some of the narratives that we've seen, if they are true or false. We'll do read and react coming up in just a couple minutes here on the show. Then at 720, Lucy Burge of BetQL stops by. Her survivor pick is the Titans over the Bucks. Clearly, she is all in on Will Levis. Then at 740, Mm -hmm. we do our survivor picks as we pick the teams we think win outright in uh, this week's NFL action. Jenks, can you believe we're almost to the halfway point? Or are we at the halfway point in the NFL? It's pretty close, right? We are. Yeah, we're right there. So it's. I actually was thinking about this the other day. I thought, dude, I need to sit back and enjoy football season a little more while I can because I love this time of year. I love the fall. I love having football. And then I look up and it's the first week or close to the second week of November. We're less than 100 days to the Super Bowl. I'm going to be so depressed when football season is over. And especially when it comes to my Longhorns, I'm trying to enjoy the ride. It's tough to do when you're in it and you're stressed out every Saturday, but also that's part of the fun roller coaster ride. So, yeah, I it's hard for me to believe that's where we are, but I'm going to try to at least soak it in a little more, like you said at the top of this segment, and just kind of appreciate the fact that we're still in the middle of the season instead of letting it fly by and then getting to February and being like, oh, I got to wait another, another few months again, because that's exactly how I'm going to feel. Because I know there's people who are out there saying, well, Chelsea, we have college basketball. Yes, we do. And once once March Madness rolls around, then you will have a point. But regular season Mm -hmm. college basketball games just don't hit the same. Like last night, I was trying to watch the Auburn and Baylor game. And I will say my daughter likes Auburn because we've actually seen Auburn play in person. She likes the Tigers and she likes Abby the mascot. But here's the thing. It is so much harder to have small talk with people about college basketball as opposed to the NFL. Like, isn't this the best sport to like break the ice at like, you know, birthday parties, weddings, whatever. It just has such an all encompassing effect that so many people at least have a baseline knowledge of the NFL that that's why I think it's fun because everybody's included in the action. So as much as I like to make fun of the, the network shows that, talk about the Cowboys and the Eagles and like the hard hitting teams all the time. These are topics that it feels like everybody can have an opinion on. And I think that's the great thing about the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Even the NFL, especially now because the NFL dominates everything. You don't have to be in the weeds with the NFL to have Mm -hmm. a conversation about it. I think that's kind of what you're saying, right? Where, 
yeah. with a lot of sports, you, okay, you can kind of have a residual knowledge, but the NFL is so purveyant. It, the NFL is everywhere. You can't escape the NFL. And even if you really don't follow the sport that much, you know the big names because it's just such a, it's such a dominating force in the fall. So it's always in the headlines. So yeah, that's the one thing. Even if you don't know much about sports, you can always talk a little bit about the NFL. Yeah, you don't have to lay the baseline knowledge. Like if I want to talk to somebody about Belmont basketball, they don't know a single player on the team. So I have to lay <laughs> the entire groundwork. And by the time that conversation is over, they've already left. And I'm still talking about, well, this player is averaging 13 points per game. And have you seen their shooting splits from the three-point line? So we will get to that point in the season, and there's still money to be made on college hoops. But for now, we are living, breathing, and soaking in the glory of the NFL. So let's do a little read and react to some of the top narratives. All right. Good morning, Chelsea. Good morning, Jinx. We'll jump right into it. Read and react number one, Miami Dolphins. They turned heads back a couple weeks ago when they dropped 70 on Denver earlier this season. They now have three losses all against the top teams on their schedule. They've lost in Germany to Kansas City. They took L's to the Bills and the Eagles as well. The Dolphins are still heavy favorites to win the AFC East. They are minus 200. But can we really trust Miami when it comes to the playoffs? Chelsea, I will start with you. Where are you on the Dolphins down the road? When it comes to the playoffs or winning the AFC East? Because in no world... Do I want to lay minus 200 with a team that doesn't match up well with a team that's in their division? They've already got smoked by the Buffalo Bills, who conversely, or on the same page, have been kind of maddeningly, maddeningly inconsistent as well. But still, I don't know if I believe in the Dolphins because it is the most simple point, but it is still a true one. They have not held up their offense against the top teams in the NFL. So why would we start believing in them now? It feels like you can't go against that narrative until they prove us otherwise. So no, I don't believe in the Dolphins down the road. I think the better team, I've said this every day on the show, is the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC. Better value, a better team, and a team that has proven that they can go against the top dogs in the NFL. So don't be thinking about that game where you gave up or they had 70 points scored against the Denver Broncos. Nobody cares. The mm -hmm. Broncos aren't going to be in the postseason. So no, I'm out on the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins are the Oklahoma Sooners of the NFL because they have all this offensive weaponry. I'm serious. Where Think about it. If you look at Oklahoma's schedule and you look at Miami's schedule, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see a lot of offensive talent. You're going to see them run up the score against really bad teams. But when they face good teams, competitive teams, all of a sudden that incredible offense sort of goes away. And then they get in a dogfight and they either lose or it's too close for comfort. So the Dolphins are supremely talented. There's no question about that. But defense always traveled. Or always travels. You were just talking about this. This is just the way it goes with the Dolphins. If you're so good, you got to beat a team with a winning record. Just running up the score on bad teams is just a credit to the fact that, yeah, you have a lot of offensive weapons. You're going to crush bad defenses. But when you face a defense that can challenge you offensively, all of a sudden you look like a completely 
different teams. So I'm not buying Miami, especially not at minus 200. So I'm with you there. Absolutely not. Hey, Jenks, Jenks. didn't Oklahoma beat Texas? Yes, they did. But also, <laughs> here's the thing. They did. Look, it, but they won with 15 seconds to play in the game. Do you know what I mean? Still so win. it's still against a win. A good but the team. Point is, against a good team, but also they just had a couple of bad losses. And also at the same time, my the point is Miami is blowing out. They're blowing out bad teams. They didn't blow out Texas. They escaped at the very last second. If you're as good as the Dolphins should be, if you're as good as they should be, then you should be hammering a team like Texas and putting up that same sort of offensive output that you show against everyone else. My point is, all of a sudden, they don't dominate when they face someone who can challenge them. And so it's a misnomer to think the Dolphins are this dominant team. They don't dominate against very good competition. It's either really close or they lose. That's the broader point. I don't disagree. Just had to get my shot in there. I know, I know. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I saw the look on your face. I was like, here it comes. I love the fact that you stay on brand with your Oklahoma hate no matter what, Jinx. It's fantastic. No matter what. No matter Always. what. All right. Always. Number two, the AFC North right now. Who thought? Who saw this coming? An absolute juggernaut. All four teams are over 500. All four teams would be in the playoffs if the season ended today, the division winner, and they would take all three wild card spots. Now, realistically, one of these teams is not going to make the playoffs. Baltimore is leading the way at 7-2, and two, but which of the teams, Jinx, do you think will come up short when it comes to the playoffs? The Steelers, the Browns, or the Bengals? It's the Browns. It is the Browns for two reasons. Number one, karma. All right? Parma is not going to be good to the Browns. You signed Deshaun Watson, and you made a pact with the devil. And the devil says, all right, you can have a quarterback, but you're not making the playoffs. I just don't think they're a good team. They have a great defense. But I believe in – I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think the Ravens are obvious. The Bengals are obvious. So, really, you're talking about a two-team race as to which team is going to be left out, right? And I trust a Pittsburgh team – and Mike Tomlin, who will find a way to win ugly, and it won't be great, but this is what they do each and every single year. And you can say it's a tired narrative, and I'm tired of hearing about how Mike Tomlin never has a losing record, but guess what? He just doesn't. This is what he does. The Steelers have been outscored all season long. They've been outgained all season long, and they're sitting here at 5-3. and three. You know what that is? That is coaching, and I will take – a tried-and-true head coach who has done this before over a Cleveland team that is banged up and a quarterback that I do not trust. So I'm leaving the Brownies out. Yeah, I think you could argue for either the Browns or the Steelers. If you look at net points, uh, neither of these teams are very good, but you got to look at the Steelers here. Their net points right now, minus 30 compared to the Ravens, positive 115. Even if the Steelers make it to the postseason, what do we think their ceiling really is? The only thing I could see happening is if, per chance, we get a first-round matchup with the Steelers as a wild card and the Ravens, I would imagine they probably get a first-round bye. But if there is some scenario in which the Steelers play the Ravens, that is one that I would be interested in because that's the only scenario in which I see the Steelers mm -hmm. actually making waves in the postseason is if they get to play a divisional foe. And we know that those games between the Steelers and Ravens are always very close. But 
I don't know. I feel like both the Steelers and the Browns, neither of these teams, I'm super interested in the long run. But uh, yeah, I think I would agree with you, even though nobody's looking at the Steelers and saying, yeah, this is a playoff team. Like, I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll go Steelers. I, I can find maybe four more wins for the Steelers. They got the Packers this week. They've got the Cardinals, the Patriots, and the Colts the rest of the way. They're probably going to be favored in all of those. Does nine and eight get you in the playoffs? Because that's what they're staring at right now. Probably four more wins. Hmm. Are you asking us? Are you asking us this question? Are they no, making the playoffs? Does nine and eight get you in this year in the AFC? Is that gonna? Is that enough? Oh. <sighs> I don't know. But here's Probably the thing not. about the Steelers. Like, are the Steelers a trustworthy enough team to look at their schedule and say, okay, these are all games that they should win? Because to me, I look at that offense and say, this is a Steelers team that can lose to just about anybody. No doubt. No doubt. That is definitely that is definitely true. All right. Read and react number three. Another week and another question about the viability of your Minnesota Vikings. Somehow, Joshua Dobbs led the Vikings to a win over Atlanta after not taking a single practice snap during the week. Minnesota still holding on to the seventh and final playoff spot in the NFC. Their closest teams are the four and five commanders and the team they just beat, the four and five Falcons. Their next three games before their bye, New Orleans, Denver, and Chicago. So Chelsea, how long are the Vikings going to stick around in this playoff hunt? I think they'll stick around for a while just because look at the other teams. Like you said, who are they battling with? The Commanders, the Falcons, the Bucks. <laughs> Even though maybe I would assume the Packers probably play them later on in the year. Uh, but the Rams, they're three and six. God, the NFC is so top heavy that I just think by that theory, you look at the rest of the teams. Yeah, the Vikings stand a chance here even with Josh Dobbs. So, unfortunately, I think that's a fact. I can't believe it. It's a fact. I don't know how. How is this happening? Look at this schedule. Saints, Broncos, and Bears. So bad. That's so bad. Yeah, I, they might make it in just by default. You know, sometimes you have a team where everything just kind of falls into place and it seems like everything is going against them, and yet – they got that incredible win with Dobbs, and now this is their schedule. So, yeah, I, I I have a hard time believing it. If you had asked me two or three weeks ago, I would have said, no, the Vikings are done. Kirk Cousins is out. It's over. But that win, I think, this weekend was absolutely crucial. That's one of those wins where just that singular win could end up being the difference when they had no business winning that game. So, yeah, I think they might make it in. Even though – even even money, I don't know if it's a bet that I'm willing to make. Because when you have that many bad teams that are kind of bundled up like that, I think you take the team with the longest odds. Because if you're banking on yeah. chaos, you're banking on chaos. And none of these teams really deserve to be like favorites, even though the Vikings are even money to reach the postseason. But it's looking like a very bad bottom of the barrel when it comes to the NFC. Up next, we bring on Lucy Burge who has a very hot take about my Tennessee Titans. We'll have to hear it. That's next on the show here on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM.
Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Rolling on this Women of Wagertainment Wednesday here on the Daily Tip. We've got Lucy Bird stopping by in a few minutes. Later on in the show, Kate Constable comes on with her plays for the weekend slate. Jenks, we are having an interesting conversation about social media. Mm-hmm. And oh, Lucy's yes. coming on, and she's very good at social media because she consistently oh, yeah. posts. Her stuff is always light, funny, and entertaining. But I always wrestled with this question, and maybe it's a little too early to like get a existential here on the show but how much are you willing to like sell out for social media because doesn't that feel like that's the case with being like extremely popular on social media is that you kind of have to play the Mm -hmm. game it's not all right genuine and even the people who look the most genuine on social media there is usually Mm -hmm. some kind of strategy behind it where you are playing to the algorithm you are doing certain things to make your videos look better so it's just at the end of the day it's supposed to be real and a hundred percent and this is their real lives but it just doesn't feel like that to me and i always think okay like how much am i willing to sell out for a good Mm -hmm. social media video well, I just can't do it. And of course, this is when you get into discussions of, look, what are you getting paid here? Because a lot of people, like Skip Bayless is a perfect example, right? Or Stephen A. Smith to a different degree. But I feel like Bayless is sort of the, like the real bell cow where he'll spit something out that is ridiculous and you know it's ridiculous and you know it's just to get attention. But also he gets paid millions of dollars to do it. So sometimes there's that question of how much would you have to get paid? to give this opinion or that opinion at least for me i being authentic is super important to me and there's nothing wrong with leaning into trends or you know being very good at social media everything there are degrees to everything but at least for me personally i my brand has always been if i have a brand i hate even saying that but my point is like i've always just been someone like if i say something you know i mean it now Maybe you disagree, but I'm not a hot take person. I've just always been someone who believes in saying what I feel and staying away from this sort of hot take mentality because anyone can do that. Anyone can say something ridiculous. I could come out today and be like, guys, I really do believe that the Bears are going to make a run and the Chicago Bears are going to win the Super Bowl or something ridiculous. And I know it's dumb, but it'll get some clicks and people will say, oh, you're a moron. This is the worst take, worst take ever. But it'll get attention. And at least for me personally, based on my career, that's just not something I'm interested in. I want to be as real as I can be. But at the same time, that doesn't necessarily sell in 2023. But the thing is, I find myself wanting to comment on these people that I am pointing my finger at and saying, stop doing this. Because people will say these wild takes. And usually it's something Mm -hmm. very negative. Like somebody will say, Patrick Mahomes is overrated. And they won't provide any reasons why. They just literally say this in script with music and they're like dancing. You're like, great argument there. And I want to comment and be like, is this what people like in sports, you know, media now? Uh, So I'm part of the problem because I want to comment on it and be like, this is stupid. 
look at his stats, you idiot. And then you're feeding into the algorithm and you are part of the problem. So like, I get why people do it, but I think it's also exhausting to be somebody mm -hmm. who is not your true self because you can do it for a little bit, but imagine sure. like basing your entire career on it. It just feels like it's not very sustainable. So we will continue to be ourselves and no super hot takes are allowed without any logic behind them. But somebody who is always herself and always 100% uh, her own original takes is Lucy Burge. Let's bring her in on now. She is the BetQL host and host of Back to the Futures each and every Sunday night right here on BetQL. Always Boston strong, it's Lucy Burge. How do you like them apps? Good morning, Lucy. She's Lucy Burge, as I said. Always delighted to have her on the show. So let's start off with this. Lucy, I love following you on social media. It feels like you're always 100% on there and you're always posting consistently. Do you have a strategy on there or is it just something where you're like, okay, I'm going to do this and kind of see where it goes? Uh, yeah, oh, good morning. I, I do live on there. It is uh, where I reside. Um, I have no strategy. <laughs> I just, it's vibes. No strategy, just vibes. I'm I just, I, that's, that's the thing is if you are yourself and you are authentic, because playing a character does seem like it is exhausting. If you are yourself, it's easier. It's just if you are mm -hmm. yourself and people can react to that, then that's just, it's easier. There are some moments where I, kind of be a parody of somebody who might be saying this. Like I posted a TikTok about how Brady could come back out of retirement and how he will come back out of retirement. That was the text on it. It's probably my most viewed TikTok because people react to that because people can, can comment on that and have strong opinions on that. And that was a little bit of it. Did I actually think Brady could come out of retirement? Not a hundred percent, but I, I thought, well, if he does, I mean, stranger things have happened, then I could go back mm -hmm. to this and be like, yeah, I was right. But if he doesn't, then be like, yeah, it was a parody of people who might think that. <laughs> and people, well, I look at people who call into sports radio in Boston who are, which I, I love it because they are extreme and they are, mm -hmm. I mean, this week is a different story, but many times over the years, the Patriots lose, fire Belichick right away. And that's the extreme and people react to that. So a parody of that being, oh yeah, Brady's the best, Brady over everything. So there is a little bit of, of parody there, but like the videos I do walking down the street, all in one take, because that's me. I just post the, the first take I do because that is authentic and that is me. And a lot of the things that I tweet are real thoughts. So if you are authentic, it's just, it's a lot easier to maintain. But I look at somebody like Stephen A. Smith, who would be a perfect TikTok character. And I think he, he like you, you think, okay, he's outlandish and this 
this take is crazy, but I watch it as he is really good at this because he knows what he's doing. He gets reaction and he can deliver his uh, take, whether or not he believes it in a way that elicits a response. So people like that, I think if you can keep it up like he does, very good at that. But I did see a TikTok once of a girl who said that she once responded to a casting call for a TikTok character. So she, they make up your whole life and they give you kind of the script and how you um, portray your life, what your whole lifestyle brand is, and you play that character. So she said, if you see someone on TikTok whose life is too crazy to be true or seems like, wow, who lives like this? Probably just mm -hmm. a character that is made up and is getting paid to play that character. So you don't even know what's real anymore. But if you are yourself, I feel like that is people can see right through it if you're not. Oh, I think that's very well put. And that doesn't surprise me either, because sometimes you see things on TikTok and or it could be Instagram, whatever. And you think, wow, this is a crazy story. But also something seems a little bit off. This seems like this is so crazy. They just kind of want to suck you in. There's money to be made. So very good point, Lucy. Speaking of characters, I wanted to ask you about this. Josh McDaniels, and he certainly has plenty of connections to the Patriots. How bonkers is that story? And I know you saw this, where all of a sudden Antonio Pierce is inspiring the troops, if you will, in the Raiders locker room. And then Josh McDaniels says, don't ever disparage the New England Patriots. Like, what is this guy doing? Obviously out of a job now, but that is just a crazy story to me. Yeah, the, one of the headlines, and it was, I believe it was Yahoo Sports, was Josh McDaniels was a shell of himself after a practice that followed, like a tumultuous practice that followed a team meeting that included a Patriots jab. Like, this is a reality show. You want a hard knocks mm -hmm. episode? This meeting and the practice that followed where he seemed to take some of the advice that was given to him and the criticisms to heart because he had music playing and was less vocal. So maybe those were the criticisms. I, I I can only imagine what went on in that meeting. But that, first of all, he found out this news, apparently, reportedly, that he was fired while he was trick-or-treating with his kids and he called them back to their house to tell them that he was like, wait till they're done trick-or-treating wow. and then maybe <laughs> tell them, let them enjoy the last Halloween of their dad being the Raiders head coach, maybe. That would be nice. But also... What is Antonio Pierce's brand, to, uh, so to speak? Because he, in his introduction, said, I am a former player and I touch former players and I want them to feel me and I want the players to feel me. And I can understand kind of what he's saying, but the way you phrase it, I mean, that's a, that's what she said if there ever was one, because why in the world would you phrase it like that or say that? Or, I mean, it was, it's, you know, beautifully said poetry, but of course people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, well, I, that is, wh what do you mean? <laughs> so I, um, I mean, it, it works apparently because the Raiders are just soaring now, but this is fascinating to think of it in terms of this is the Belichick coaching tree. How is this happening? How is he, is Josh McDaniels this bad at this? What yeah. happened? I know that it was a lot of things and the players did not like him and they were smoking cigars after, just throwing it in his face. But what was it about? It just, just didn't like the guy? Like, oh my God. It, and the, I mean, the Raiders were, were, they were not performing very well, but like, really? That, it was it that bad? It was that, that story 
could be a book that a book will be written about that mm -hmm. i hope in the not too distant future because what the hell happened there why do they hate him so much though i would not rule out uh in some capacity and i know gronk mentioned this the other day josh mcdaniel's returning to new england potentially because that seems to be the place for coaches who were formerly there who did not succeed anywhere else because matt patricia found a home there again for a year and josh mcdaniel's coming back wouldn't be out of the question completely i don't think yeah, what a disaster. What a train wreck that was going on with Las Vegas. And it just, it's surprising to me because you would think he is a likable guy. As many second chances as he's gotten for a head coach in the NFL, I thought to myself, okay, maybe he's a locker room guy. Maybe people really like him. So now we've seen in Las Vegas that not only is he a bad football coach, Josh McDaniels is also very unlikable, at least in that situation. So it is a disaster any way you spin it. But Lucy, I got to talk to you about my Tennessee Titans because your guy, your middle school alum, or is it your elementary school that Will Levis went to? I think it's your elementary. Uh, middle school. It's a um, through eight school, but he went for middle school. I went all 10 years. Thank you very much. But also not at the same time, but I have been in touch with him. So oh. I consider us best friends. <laughs> I was just doing the math because you said it was kindergarten through eighth grade and you said I went 10 years and I was like uh, uh, uh. anyways let's talk about Will Levis because me as a Titans fan I'm pretty excited for the future of our offense because Will Levis can spin it a little bit he can at least you know give us a chance on offense so now we have the Titans going on the road to the Tampa Bay Bucks, who have looked very middling this year so this is your survivor pick. So clearly you have a pretty strong take on either Will Levis or my Titans. I sure do. I like the Titans here very much because even if I had never heard of Will Levis before, this is a head turner for a rookie quarterback to pull off performances. I know they did not win his second start, but he looked pretty good. He has looked very good through these first two starts. And I would say if he performs like that again this week, has a great game, I would not say it's out of the question looking at his rookie of the year odds perhaps to uh, shorten or maybe just get in on those because uh, he looks phenomenal. And I'm not going to say he's the next Tom Brady, but I'm not going to say I haven't thought about it because before the season, <laughs> all of the draftees, they had them watching uh, their hero, the football players that they grew up watching do a video for them and speak to them and Tom Brady was Will Levis's player and Tom Brady said to let to as you as you drop down in the draft let that fuel you through your career and clearly Will Levis has a chip on his shoulder because of how far he dropped in the draft and he wants to make every team that did not select him higher sorry for not doing that and that's what Tom Brady did his whole career that was on his shoulder his whole career because throughout his career he's posting the picture of him at the combine he's he's 199 he uses in his businesses that is his fuel and fueled him through it so i think will levis it's the same thing he's looking at that and he wants to go out there and show everybody who passed up on him that that they should not have and make them feel sorry for it and i feel like some teams are feeling like that they're like oh, we should have should have picked will levis and that's what he's trying to do so i really like the titans here i trust will levis in this spot
Yeah, let's go. Even if I don't take the Titans outright, and I will say this line has moved, it was the Titans getting a point and a half. Now it's down to one. So clearly, Lucy, some people on your sides. I will be taking a long, hard look at Will Levis's passing prop because the guy, like I said, he can spin it. All right, that's all the time we have for this segment. Lucy, thanks for stopping by. We'll have to catch it each and every Sunday on Back to the Futures right here on BetQL. Uh, we've got to get to break. Like I said, up next, we have our survivor picks. Are we going to be as gutsy as Lucy and pick an underdog to win? Probably <laughs> not, but we'll give you our best plays after the break on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. And we're back. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday, November the 8th, here on the Daily Tip. In this segment, we'll do our survivor picks for this week in the NFL. And not to spoil anything, but a lot of us have the same survivor pick as one team looks like the clear-cut favorite for the most chosen survivor pick as their big favorites, not to give away too much. But Jenks, I was just looking at the slate and kind of the opposite train of thought. I'm looking at a lot mm -hmm. of these underdogs. We're seeing a lot of short lines between bad teams where I feel like there could be some underdogs barking this weekend. Have you ever mm -hmm. done underdog parlays in the NFL? It's not something that I normally do. But if there was a week to do it, it feels like there are a ton of teams that could win outright at plus money. And maybe if I have a free bet laying around, maybe I will do that uh, instead of, you know, going with all favorites. Because when it comes to our plays, like I'll probably just lean on like, hey, I'm going to do two unders and then one favorite. But I feel like there's a lot of good underdogs on the slate this week. Uh, yeah. Well, also, too, I think part of it has to do with the fact that there's only, what, three matchups with teams who have winning records going against each other. Mm -hmm. So when you have a situation like that, then I think we're going to see more volatility. So just based on the schedule alone, I think you're right. If you like dogs and you want to get yourself some plus money, this might be the best weekend we've seen in the NFL to do that. Yeah, look at some of these teams that are favorites this week. Like, obviously, tomorrow night, we have the Bears and the Panthers. Like, the Bears as a favorite, as a three-and-a-half-point favorites. I know it's the Panthers, but still, that's a team that could lose to just about anybody. Colts-Patriots. Patriots getting a point-and-a-half at home against a Colts team that's been very up and down. Uh, and then some other ones that I like. Um, it feels like the Steelers are capable of losing to anybody. Maybe I won't play that because the Steelers are playing at home. Uh, usually, you're looking for home dogs who are playing against bad teams that certainly will have a chance. The Vikings getting two and a half at home against the Saints. Uh, maybe I'll throw my Titans in there. They're getting a point that line down uh, from one and a half all the way to one, a half point move, I guess I should say. Uh, but I'm looking at the slate and maybe I will do that. Maybe I'll do some big plus money. We'll have our show parlay tomorrow where we'll go for some big plus uh, money on the card. But as of now, maybe we'll just play it safe and maybe pick somebody who is just going to win outright. So let's get into our survivor picks for this week in the NFL as we all try to survive in advance. 
There can be only one. Who will survive? All right. So what the rules are for our version of Survivor is that, number one, you just need a team to win. They don't have to cover. If a team you pick loses the week you pick them, you can't use them again the rest of the season. And you can't use the same team in back-to-back weeks. We know the rules for the normal Survivor contest at Circa are that you can't use the same team ever, you know, in the consecutive weeks that follow, you know, if you are surviving in that contest. But ours is a little different because we want to play the entire year. All of us have lost at least one pick in Survivor now. The Falcons let me down last week with 22 seconds left on the clock is the Vikings Mm. won that one. But this week, it looks like a lot of us are playing it very, very safe. So Matt, we're going to have you start off. Who do you like this week in Survivor? Well, I was going to choose the Falcons and then I remembered what happened to you guys last week and I was like, I can't do that. So I really hate my pick this week. This is the one week I hope I'm wrong. (laughs) I'm taking the Cowboys against the Giants. The Giants might be worse than the Panthers, especially with Tommy DeVito as the quarterback. So if the Cowboys lose this game at home to Tommy DeVito, they're in serious trouble. So I guess you need the Cowboys. <laughs> you sound absolutely thrilled. <laughs> but if you look at the slate, they are by far the largest favorites on the card this week as 16 and a half point favorites. So nobody's making a huge hot take here. And I think a lot of us will be with you, Matt. So Bill, are you all aboard the Cowboys train here? Yeah, I don't think we have much of a choice. And in fact, I, I, I do another one where we have to pick all the games every week with a bunch of my buddies and we have to do with the point spread. I'm actually laying the 16 and a half in that pool as well, because I don't think the Giants are going to score yep. maybe more than 10 points in this game. I'm going to go ahead and lay the 16 and a half, but certainly taking them outright. Dallas should roll in this one. Yeah, give me the Cowboys over the Giants. Lane play, not a very exciting one, but probably the right one. Yeah, it feels like that. Uh, Because like I was saying, it feels like there are a lot of underdogs this week that could win outright. So I'm going to avoid all of that chaos. And uh, Mm -hmm. well, I keep teasing my pick and we'll get to it. But it looks like there is one member of our crew that's not going with the obvious play. David, who do you like this week in Survivor? I'm actually jumping in for David because he is suffering Uh. from the same thing that I had last week with The Voice. You can still hear the remnants of it. David's having a tough time actually trying to talk today. So he's going Steelers over the Packers. And uh, one of the things that he says is because he doesn't trust Jordan Love against the Steelers defense. Can't argue with them there. Jordan Love has not been good. The Steelers have kind of been that surprise team. So David says Steelers over the Packers if you don't want to join the rest of the crew and go Dallas over the Giants. And we hope right. he gets And the rest soon. of the crew will be on the Cowboys. Uh, Jenks, like, how am I supposed to keep this a secret? Like, all the suspense in the world. Jenks, what mm-hmm. is your pick for Survivor? Oh, I like the Vikings this week. No, I don't <laughs> like the Vikings this week. I was just trying to switch it up a little bit. No, you got to go to the Cowboys, right? Is Tommy DeVito still going to start a quarterback with the Giants? Tommy DeVito needs to be working at a Jersey Mike's. That's what he needs to be doing. He doesn't need to be quarterbacking in the National Football League. God bless him. He got a touchdown pass last week. So in a year when he's out of a job and I'm saying, Tommy, just no onions, please. And I'm in the Jersey Mike's. 
I can say, but hey, I remember that one time he threw a touchdown pass against the Raiders. Well done. He's just not cut out for the National Football League. And remember, the Giants, the Giants, even when Danny Dimes, we can't even call him Danny Dimes anymore. When Daniel Jones was healthy, they were terrible on offense anyway. The Cow- I'm going to lay the points with the Cowboys. I think Bill's right. Cowboys could win that game 17-0 and cover, so you got to go Cowboys. I tend to agree, and that's why I am on the Cowboys for my survivor oh. pick as well. Uh, we've seen this with the Cowboys beating up on bad teams. It has been their MO. In fact, they have already played the Giants this year, and they beat them 40 to nothing. The one sabotage factor is that the Cowboys were big favorites against the Arizona Cardinals back on September 24th, and they lost that game 28 to 16. Does anybody see a way that the Cowboys lose this game? I tend to think when you have like one anomaly game, that's usually it for the rest of the season. Like I talked about the Chiefs uh, last week. Remember, they lost to the Colts last year when Jeff Saturday made his great one week run in the NFL. And everybody was like, oh my God, the Colts, they're one of the worst football teams in the league. How are the Chiefs losing to them? Then the Chiefs went on to win the Super Bowl. They did not have any more anomaly games. This year, the Chiefs lost to the Broncos, one of the worst teams in football. Uh, So far, they have not lost any more of those games. It's only been one week, but still, you kind of get my point. Does anybody see a path where the Cowboys either lose this game or at least don't cover the number? I mean, I'm a Dallas hater, so I'm gonna say yes. I'm going to sprinkle the money line for the Giants. Oh, God. You Going are? Going against your own survivor pick? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to put like a dollar fifty on it. No big deal. It's like a lot of picks. It's like a scratch off. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. But I, I was like, if you're putting some serious money on Giants to win outright, then I let's let's have a talk. Let's have an intervention. The, the only way well, the Giants I mean... keep this thing close, to me, the only way they keep it close is... Arizona beat Dallas because they ran the ball all over them. Dallas couldn't stop the run that day. So if Saquon Barkley gets 30 to 35 carries and they somehow control the clock, maybe, maybe they keep it close. But I I mean, if they're forced into third and longs, like you said, Jinx, how's this guy going to convert against that Dallas defense, that front, front four or five, if they're blitzing him? The only way they keep it close is if Barkley goes nuts and they run for close to like 200 yards. Yeah, well, yeah, I, mean, I, I think yeah. that's probably I don't the only route. I actually think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason why I'm only putting a single dollar on this. It's because I hate Dallas, and I would love to see them lose. That's really the only reason. Well, obviously, you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan. What about yeah, so, runner-ups? Did yeah. anybody have a pick that almost made the card? Because I think I'm looking, and I'm seeing that the Seahawks are probably my second in line for survivor six and a half point favorites at home against the commanders but i don't know the seahawks have kind of steered me wrong a couple times this year so i don't know about the seahawks Mm, i think the seahawks are going to cover this weekend i and i'm a guy obviously who's pretty close to the fire when it comes to the commanders and they look great last week against the patriots and sam howe looks like the quarterback now the future but you're going across the country. It's a nice bounce back spot for Seattle. And I think this line should be a tick higher because we saw Seattle get dismantled by the Ravens. But there's no shame in that because the Ravens are really, really good. I just don't know if defensively 
that the commanders have enough to slow down Seattle, particularly in the passing game. So I would go Seattle. I would lay the points with Seattle here. Do you think the commanders only kept it close with the Eagles because that was a defensive or a divisional matchup? Because that's what kind of yeah. pops in my mind is that the commanders kind of have an upside to where occasionally you'll see it. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. So ultimately, when you look at the commanders, they're just a team that is, and this is what happens when you have a mediocre team. They're very inconsistent. They have a hard time stacking wins, but divisional play is different because the teams are so familiar with one another, right? And so even though you do have a change in personnel from season to season, still a lot of the same guys are on the same teams and they see each other twice a year. So it's... That familiarity, I think, breeds close games and also just more intensity when you're talking about teams playing in the same division. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, and that's why I wouldn't pick the Ravens because they're playing in a divisional matchup even against the lowly Browns. So, divisional matchup to beware when it comes to Survivor. Up next is the top of the hour, and we start off with our handicaps of tonight's NBA action. Next on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.